My name is Grant Evan, sports fan and deep dive extraordinaire. I am here to use my sports knowledge and research skills to finally settle the greatest what-ifs in sport history with evidence, math, and tons of simulations. This is Alternate Jersey. We've been on a long and winding journey, so let me set the stage for where we are at at this point in NBA history. LeBron James having accomplished the once thought impossible five-peat in Cleveland alongside Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul has decided to leave the land in order to head to Los Angeles early and become a Laker. Meanwhile, the Oklahoma City Thunder have created a three-headed monster of their own in the form of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Dwayne Wade. Having exercised their Golden State Demons, have just won their first NBA championship and are looking poised to make another run. Unless, of course, LeBron has something to say about that. LeBron is joining an absolutely pitiful Lakers squad, keep in mind. The Lakers look poised to have the number two overall pick, which in our real world was used to take Lonzo Ball and all the family baggage that comes with Lonzo Ball. But let's examine if the Lakers would go this route now that they have LeBron in-house. A few things to keep in mind. To this point in our timeline, LeBron has had help virtually everywhere he's been, whether it be Shaq in Orlando or his banana boat friends in Cleveland. Coming into LA, he's not going to have a bona fide star to work alongside unless the number two overall pick ends up working out exceedingly well. But there's always a risk that comes with a rookie, and LeBron isn't exactly the mentor type when it comes to biding his time and hoping a rookie, especially a rookie with a helicopter parent, pans out. So maybe the Lakers go after a different point guard. Maybe one who was slated to hit free agency in 2017 and has zero desire to stay on the team he's been on after an era of no success or even flirtations with glory. Maybe the Lakers sign Russell Westbrook. If you'll recall, Russell Westbrook, instead of being drafted by OKC, has been wasting away as a member of the now Carmelo-less New York Knicks. He's had runs in the playoffs, but no finals or conference championship appearances, and Knicks management aren't exactly well known for putting together great teams around their stars. Westbrook is famously loyal, we know this due to his insistence on staying in OKC after Durant bailed out, but the situation is different now. Staying loyal to a smaller market team who has supported you your entire career when you now have a chance to be the biggest star on said team is one thing. Leaving New York to hang out with your good friend and pose a real threat at winning yourself a ring? That's a slam dunk signing. So the Lakers unite LeBron and Westbrook and completely rid themselves of the need to draft Lonzo Ball since Russ would now fit his role. So who do the Lakers take at second overall? Point guard is really the only position they've locked up in LA as of right now. LeBron in our world plays that position for the Lakers, but he's also on record as saying it doesn't matter what position he plays on this team. 
that opens the door for just about anyone in the 2017 NBA draft, and the Lakers are in a pretty primo spot to really shake things up. But before we can even answer that question, we have to settle once and for all what happens to Lonzo. Lonzo Ball was neck and neck with promising Washington guard Markel Fultz in the first overall pick discussion. Normally, you'd think that would mean Lonzo would go first overall to Boston because he was such a promising prospect and Celtics ownership was pretty vocal about loving him, but his father, LeVar, was, well, against the idea, to put it nicely. So, <laughs> you, you, as you told me a week ago, you said the Lakers are going to get that ball, that ping pong ball, yes. and then get that ball, That's as in Lonzo saying. ball. Yes. And yet, they didn't get the first pick. They got number two, so they can take number two, who's your, right. your son. But what if, this is what fascinates me, what if Boston starts to talk itself into Lonzo Ball? The reports are that you don't want Lonzo to work out, or maybe somebody in your camp has decided not to work out for Boston. Right. Is that true? That's true. Okay. So are you going to try to discourage Strong Boston? Strong Not to take it, you'll say Lonzo? Discourage him, yes. I hope they don't take him. Markel Fultz is the perfect pick for them. He's <laughs> they, the best player. Oh, take oh. him. Skip, okay. can I ask him something? Take well, him. Hold on. Since when are you okay with being number two? As long as Lonzo number two. <laughs> he always been number two. See how it lined up. <laughs> now, a few things to keep in mind here. LeVar would eventually turn around and say, it's up to Lonzo. He just wants to be in the NBA. But Ball would then go on to announce that he had no interest in even working out for Boston. So the Celtics looked elsewhere knowing full well that if they couldn't get ball first overall, they may as well find a team who'd be interested in landing faults, let the Lakers take ball, and then take who they truly wanted, Jason Tatum. But things are different now. The Lakers won't want ball, so if the Celtics don't act now, they may lose out on Tatum entirely. The Lakers are probably licking their chops at the notion of landing whoever Boston doesn't take, so instead of a blockbuster trade with Philadelphia, the Celtics bite the bullet and take Jason Tatum first overall. The Lakers, now having no need for a pure point guard, then draft Markel Fultz second overall. If Russ fills the point guard role, LeBron can settle into playing a forward position for the Lakers while Fultz fills the shooting guard position, hopefully giving LA a new big three to work with. Now, Fultz in Philly, of course, didn't pan out, and he'd eventually be traded to the Magic, where he's appearing to have more of a career resurgence, but he doesn't have the stats to suggest that the Lakers are going to be vastly improved with him. LeBron-Russ seems to be more of a duo than a trio. Meaning, Lonzo Ball falls to third overall, and settles in as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Which brings us to the 2017 season. Durant is no longer on the Warriors, Harden is no longer on the Rockets, and the stage of the West is set to be a blood match between the Lakers and the Thunder. Russ isn't putting his huge triple-double numbers up, since he's now sharing the court with LeBron, but a career-best year for him, paired with a still-clearly-in-his-prime LeBron, makes the Lakers the scourge of the Pacific. 
Harden is also entering a god mode of his own alongside an historic season from Kevin Durant that plops the Thunder at the number one seed with the Lakers right behind them while Golden State still plays well but struggles to keep pace with these absolute monsters. Now LeBron isn't in Cleveland, keep in mind, so let's discuss the aftermath of this team. Following Braun's departure, CP3 is hitting the end of his contract. Without LeBron and the streak finally coming to an end, Paul decides to pack up and test free agency himself. He lands in Houston still, since they are desperate for a star, and not having Harden really blows the doors open for Paul to be their star and make some real stupid money. Carmelo, however, has been in Cleveland his entire career and has no intention of leaving. His narrative is completely flipped. He's got five rings, he's never known anything else, and is clearly starting to slow down as a player a bit. He'll stay a Cavalier for now, but the big question now will be when he plans to retire for good. Needless to say, with only old man Melo to work with, the Cavs aren't making the finals. The East, shockingly, hasn't been fucked with too bad. The Celtics are essentially the powerhouse they were built to be, leaving their only real competition to be the number one seeded Toronto Raptors, which makes our life pretty easy when it comes to the conference finals. In the West, Thunder vs. Lakers. In the East, Raptors vs. Celtics. The sheer dominance of Durant and Harden is too much and overwhelms the LeBron-Russ pairing. The Thunder booked their second straight trip to the finals against a Celtics team that had no problem handling the Raptors in our world and do the same here, by blanking them 4-0. Plugging all of this into our magic simulation machine, we see very quickly that this Celtics team, for as well as it was built, was not enough to challenge this new Thunder team. OKC rakes in their second ring in a row. Wade is still very much in OKC, now has two rings, but is not outputting to the same level he's accustomed to and sees less playtime. After this championship and his legacy secured, Wade announces he'll be retiring a champion. Carmelo's Cavs miss the playoffs, Melo sees the writing on the wall, and also announces his retirement, going out as one of the all-time greats. 2018 still showcases a Durant-Harden-led Thunder team, but with some stiffer competition in the West. The Warriors are still a present force, the Lakers are improved, the Nuggets and Jazz are rising, plenty of duos begin the race to the finals. Fortunately for the Thunder, the Lakers are going to be hindered, as nothing is there to stop LeBron from suffering his groin injury, leaving Russ on an island yet again. This paves the path for the Warriors to keep pace with OKC and grab the number 2 seed behind them while Denver snags the 3rd seed. Russ is still going to keep the Lakers in the playoffs, and since the Rockets don't have a great CP3 in there balling by himself, they fall out of the tournament entirely. After simming everything to this point, we wind up with a Thunder Golden State Finals, but this time the Warriors get over the hump when Harden disappears from the stat line in the playoffs yet again. Golden State gets a shot at landing Curry his first ring. The Eastern Conference gets a little more interesting. Kawhi is still a Raptor, we haven't fixed the dysfunction in San Antonio, but one playoff ripple that proves interesting for one playoff squad? Lonzo on the 76ers. 
The 76ers are still the third seed, make no mistake, but they were a buzzer-beater basket away from facing Milwaukee in the finals. With Ball on the courts and finally starting to emerge as a star, Kawhi never gets the chance to steal that score. The 76ers stun Toronto and Milwaukee annihilates Philadelphia in the conference finals. The Warriors are now facing the Bucks for all the marbles. This boils down to Curry versus Giannis with Durant no longer in-house, so we run our usual seven simulations and hand Steph his second finals loss. Bucks are champions and the Warriors are remaining ringless. This makes Golden State a little desperate. Kevin Durant is a two-time champion now in OKC and at the end of his contract. Wade is gone, and the Thunder just got beat by the Warriors in a conference championship, and OKC clearly has another star player that they can lean on in James Harden to keep the dream alive. Does any of this sound familiar to you? LeBron is slated to return with Russ in LA, and if Golden State wanted to make a move and potentially make a pitch to anchor Durant's legacy, now would be the time to land him. So they do. Kevin Durant joins the Warriors, not as a ring chaser, but as a franchise saver. And to spare all of us, he doesn't feel the need to write any kind of post in the Players' Tribune about it. No running away to the Nets here, which would have also imply that Kyrie Irving may not be as willing to join that team without Durant to pair up with. LA is confident in their big two, so no need to trade for Anthony Davis, who can remain in New Orleans alongside Zion, which paves a much more diverse and interesting Western Conference as the league barrels into what will inevitably be a shortened season. That is what could have happened if LeBron James went to college. Six rings, a wide-ranging level of talent in the modern NBA, what a difference a year can make. Alternate Jersey will return on August 7th for another deep dive into the greatest what-ifs in sports history. I'm Grant Evan. This has been Alternate Jersey. Here in New York, our draft coverage continues. It's New Orleans on the clock at pick 200, as we said, bottom of the sixth, end of the sixth round. And we talk about the teams and what they're looking for and for the players who are waiting to see if they will be drafted. Some are hoping that the phone call comes or their name gets mentioned in the next couple of hours. Others are hoping not to hear it. Maybe they won't be drafted, but they may have the opportunity to go to a situation that would best fit them as a free agent. So an anxious time for so many football players who are college stars. Among the last six picks taken, a uh, familiar name if you're a college football fan, Tom Brady, the quarterback. Tom Brady the unquestionable greatest of all time quarterback in NFL history. Six Super Bowl wins, nine appearances, leader in passing touchdowns, and most importantly, the overall 199th pick in the 2000 draft. Brady, a prospect out of Michigan, was polarizing, had a poor combine, 
Sure, he led the Wolverines to some impressive victories and a bowl game appearance, but ultimately was chosen as one of the last quarterbacks to be taken in that draft, being passed over by every team in the league until New England took a bite at him. Players picked in the sixth round don't always see success. Many end up cut, waves, traded, released, anything to avoid the field, especially with quarterbacks. Tom Brady is a rare exception where someone taken deep in a draft can prove to be not just a great player, but maybe the greatest player. A lot of players taken in the 5th, 6th, or 7th round have just as much likelihood of going undrafted as they do of being drafted. So next month, let us ask ourselves, what if Tom Brady went undrafted?